you for leaving reviews and following A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine on all podcast streaming platforms, making it the number one go-to podcast for Black creative, marketing, PR, and tech professionals. Season six of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine podcast is fueled by Jet. And for our 100th episode, we're chatting with Dalen Gall, president of Jet. Huge thanks to Jet for being an inspiration to podcasters such as myself and amplifying Black voices and narratives since 1951. Well, now that we've shared a dose of Black joy with you, let's turn things up a notch on today's episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. It's so crazy because I was, I was, I just, I can't keep up with you. And I, I keep on forgetting that you're in New York. You know what I mean? Um, And I just, I need to remember that. But I think, you know, I keep on going back to the uh, Starbucks cafe that we used to meet in uh, when you used to have that composition notebook of a hundred. I still have it. Oh, I remember one day when I came to your house, you were like, do not bring this book over here again. And I was like, I'm not bad because you was working on the uh, the museum piece. You was working, yeah. Uh, yeah, you were working on the museum joint. She's like, don't bring that this notebook over here no more. I'm not bad, man. No, so no, like, no. I think, no, I think I was saying, I said, don't bring it over here unless it's completed. And I think you have definitely, uh, you know, proven that out. So it's good to see you, man. I appreciate you yeah, coming. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I um glad to you know be able to chop it up with you, and I think um I mean I've been hitting you up to get on the show anyway, so no. I'm glad. To be here. <laughs> like I do, I want to be on the show. Put me, but it's okay, man. You know, uh, everything in timing, and um, it's good to co- see you continue to do your thing. Um, you know, so I'm excited. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. And listen, you're coming on to an amazing season because, I mean, this is season six. We're hitting 100 episodes. So uh, 100 people, 100 Black amazing professionals in advertising, marketing, and PR. So um, I love that. Yeah, this is exciting. Well, listen, let me introduce um, our listeners at home to who we have on the show today. But first, welcome one and all to another episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. As I was just mentioning, um, yeah, this is season six. I mean, why else would I be wearing a tuxedo, right? Uh, Well, no, I mean, well, then again, yeah, I probably still would wear one. But um, yeah, Yeah, you would. I would would still wear one, actually. But with that aside, on today's show, we have Marcus Gilmore. Man, and um, man, we we go back. We go back, Marcus. Yeah, we do. We do. We, um, you know, being in Dallas at the time that we were both in the city of Dallas, we, you know, we were looking for creative outlets. I think you were um, definitely ahead in how you were processing just exhibits and how you would just take your ideas and put them out. And um, it was great to even just be able to work with you at those times while you were in Dallas and from our happy hour with uh, Benjamin and Nick. and um, I still have that photo of us. You know, we look you know, we knew all four of us were in a space that nobody else can, um, nobody else at that time was really in. And, um, but it is, it, you know, you inspire me to continue in an advertising space and the marketing space and um, the great work you did over at Marcus Graham as well and continue to do so. I, um, you know, I commend you on that and I'm, I'm glad to be a part uh, of your network and your friendship as well. Yeah, man. Well, listen, likewise. And um, I mean, I feel like so often people throw away this term, got it out the mud. You know, I don't even know what it means, but it sounds trill. I guess what that what that says is like that, you know, getting it, getting something out of the mud is like tough, you know, it's tough. Um, you yeah. and within your career and journey, I think a lot of people see you now, obviously, like you've done outstanding things and none of that should be discredited. But like you you put in some work, man. Like you put in, you put in a lot of work. And so I just want to celebrate that. And also too, like not only reflect on it, but also hopefully shed light 
um, to our listeners at home that are now trying to get where you where you're at. Yeah. So the best way to describe Marcus is that he is a thinker and a curator, a curator of not only spaces, but also um, people, places, culture, and all the things. And prior to working in advertising and his long um, you know, history to date on working on various different brands, whether that's with McDonald's or um, I know you were also a Verizon fellow as well. Yep. Um, Marcus was working with uh, Tom Joyner. Hey, man, let me get the check for the legend. Hey, I do. Yeah, that's a legend, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he a is. Legend. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, I think uh, when I look back at that time and, it, you know, it's 2012, 11, I was his intern for his foundation and I worked under mm -hmm. his son um, and I, I led the digital marketing for his foundation. And to see a black man that has really changed how um how radio shows work where they are put in different cities how they are broadcast across cities that's the guy that you have to come yeah. in and say yes for with it without you flying to chicago and dallas back and forth every day to um to get your show out there to the community there would not be the breakfast clubs it would not be uh the k104s of the like the sways of the world like he is one of those foundation, the founding fathers of the radio space. And uh, it was a blessing to be in his presence for the three and a half years that I was. Um, and, and do and his son at that time, who was my boss, like he let me do stuff. He was just like, Marcus, you got an idea? You want to try, you know, spending, doing um, sponsoring posts or spending ad dollars like behind social media? And I'm like, yes, I do. And he, do it here. You want to write scripts for um, different celebrities that come in here to create donations for historically black colleges and universities. Yes, I do. Like he would just try and try. And I think that that's a nod to only that family just continuing to to break the space. So, yeah, my, my time with, with Tom Joyner was amazing. I went on a cruise. Yeah. too, So I did that twice. Oh, geez, of course you did. And I mean, <laughs> even most recently, I think that, you know, it's nice to really see his legacy being continued mm -hmm. um, in a different capacity because we we know, I believe the Tom Jordan show has now discontinued, correct? Correct. Even correct. to that standpoint, I think that the evolution of uh, social media, PR, you find uh, social handles such as they have range that are just like showing all the moments from the Tom Joyner uh, Velvet Suite studio, I believe. Yep, Velvet Suite, man. Were you, got, were you there live for any of those performances? Uh, I was there for a quite a few of them. Um, oh, the one that I think is probably the most viral that I'm pretty sure I was there for is um, cause you don't know that it's going to go viral in that moment. I just know that I was there. Um, is it the Casey and Jojo one? It's not the oh, Casey. Yeah. It's the one that, that oh, oh, yeah. baby, baby, yeah. Like I was there for that. I was there for uh, John P. Key and Kirk Franklin. I'm there. I was there for a Fantasia, Erica Badu. Oh, you were there for, you were there for all the loud ones. Well, yeah, not like, I do, but everybody else is loud. Yeah. Like, oh, and you, <laughs> It's 6 a.m. Like these people are ready to go. Like and it's crazy that 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 was, you know, that's part of his experience, right? He would bring yeah. guests in. There would be like 15 people that come and sit in the studio and watch those moments. And that's ahead of the game. You don't, you, you, you know, like artists now when they perform or if they're in the studio, the closest we get to that is like a tiny desk. Like mm -hmm. imagine if that that's the same exact thing. So um, you know, it ahead of his time, but definitely yeah. a founding uh, father of the radio and a legend. He used to pull up in that Rolls Royce. He still do. <laughs> well, look. But yeah, I mean, but to yeah. that point, you know, you're working for Tom Joyner. And then also at night, I believe you were also working for NBC yeah. um, in the same capacity. So, you know, I think you were working. That's very, very obvious. You had this job nine to five, if not multiple jobs. I'm sure you probably had some other jobs you were doing too, consulting. Yep, yep. Um, but then it's like a light bulb went on to where you realized you wanted to move to New York. And I think that sometimes uh, moves have to be very intentional. But what made you like kind of leave this working experience to then actually dive into Verizon ad fellows, which some people may honestly kind of look at that as like a step back because you're going into an internship program. 
Yeah, it's funny you say that, man. Um, just to be a thousand, and they won't say that they they won't agree with this. But when I told my this parents, is your story. This is your lane. Let's yeah, but, go. Well, when I told my parents, I said, "Hey, there's an opportunity to go to New York to participate in this program." Well, what program? Oh, it's an advertising program. Is there a job? No, it's like a rotation where you go for you know uh, eight months and you go to four different companies. Are you sure? Like you want to leave a full time job and go? I'm like, listen. This program is set up for you to is a launching pad. It sounds like a step back, but it's a launching pad. It's um, when you walk out the door here in New York, and people that listen to this and that live here, like especially not not from here, you don't realize that as soon as you walk out the door, your brain has to turn on to be a hustle. I'm out the door. I'm getting on a train. I got a time and like all these things you learn from the habitat that you the 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 environment. And when I look back at that program, like it's, and I'm still super active today, but to take a leap and say, all right, I'm going to four agencies and one brand, and I'm going to see and learn about these moments. And I think when I was at Tom Joyner, like I was able to do a little bit of event production, a little bit of advertising, uh, media buying, a little bit of social. And I was like, okay, I got to get to an ad agency. Like what's the way? Well, yeah. I see this program and they're going to pay for you to live and they're going to give you a stipend and you get four places to go and try it out. I, I, I think, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I yeah. fly out to do the interview one day. It's a one day interview. I fly into New York. I figure it out and then get to the interview, do the interview and then fly out that same night, get back to Dallas. When you walk in a room sometime, it's like, you realize like, oh no, this is the moment that they, they, whoever they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. that yeah. they talk about and you like can stand in front of it and shake the hand and be like, all right, bet we finna do this. Or you can be like, nah, that's too, it's too much. Yeah, yeah. So that turn, that window or that rotating door won't probably come back around for another two years. I was 27 at the time. So like, at 27, most people in Texas, you like, you're going to find a job and you're going to stick, you know, you're trying to move things forward in life in what yeah. Texas, um, like in the South, like it's just a certain way. And, but I, I just decided it was something else. Right. And huh? um, that's God's plan. I, I listened to that and, and, you know, I look back and I don't regret the decision. And, and it's made me sharper ever than I've ever thought I was going to be. Uh, and um, it's pushed me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, it's pushed me tremendously. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. But, and let's, let's dive into the composition notebook, because I know that we laugh about it and I laugh about it. And I might've said what I said, but I'm pretty sure by now, by now you really know me and my level of sarcasm. So, you know, there, I, was, I know. there was no ill intent with that. I, I was, and I was probably... Man, I, and I also I was in another space. Too. You was in another, but when you used to say it, it wasn't like don't bring it. it. It was more of like you just. I don't think you just like the look of the book. You knew what was in it. <laughs> you knew what it was heat in there, and it was how I note taken. I thought of ideas. Yeah. But it was the but look. I wanna, yeah, but I, so I want to talk about this because I think. Like when you, I'm pretty sure you're going to go on a, a, a world tour, speaking tour. As, I mean, you already do it, but I think that this should be, I think that this should be an ongoing piece of your story. Seriously, okay. because what you have, what you were doing during that time is that you were taking everything up here and you were literally putting it on paper. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that so many people miss that, but just walk the people listening at home, like your thinking process of like how you did manifest your goals and put them down on paper and like what that looks like. Cause it really like, yes, you were just doing it, but it's, I'm telling you, Marcus, everything that you said you wanted to do, you have done. Yeah. I, it's crazy when you put it like that. And, um, and by the way, this was before man B Simone and manifestation was like, uh, before you know, it was a thing. I like, I, and I thought, shout out, shout out to B Simone. I do like her, but I'm just saying, yeah. 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 No, I think that, at that time, I that book, there was a lot of things I was going through of um, 
seeing the space I'm in, and it, but also seeing the other speakers that uh, your Eric Thomas of the world, these guys like that would just um, that I would listen to on a, a daily basis. Gary V at this time, like he was on his rise, and I would just. I'm taking the notes and the thoughts that I have and putting them in blocks. Like if you yeah. look at books, if you look at every book from that time of 2012 to now, they're all the same, like all my kind of like notebooks and they're in blocks based on professional, personal, finance, lifestyle, like, and I cross them through. If it doesn't move, it goes to the next one. And it's, that's a continuous cycle for me because the type of mindset that I have, if it stays up here, it's never going to get done. I'm going to get lost. I'm going to lose the transition and um, or I'm going to walk up into an opportunity and not know that's the one because I never wrote it down or I didn't know how to prepare for those things. Yeah. I think you make a great point. Like when I look back at that book and there are times when I travel back home and visit my parents and I go to the house and I'm like, my mom's like, clean up your room. And I'm like, mama, I ain't even here. What room what you want me to clean up? She's but she's referring to the older stuff. And I tell her, like, don't ever touch these books. Don't touch the journals. They're there for a reason. They're going to tell this really dope story in, in some years where you can go back and look at it. And um, it's a part of me, right? Like now I've just changed it, right? I use Notion. I use different other products with the same kind of mindset of mm -hmm. getting the goals down, which led to me building my own goal writing day, which was National Goal Writing Day. Like, I took that same mindset and then was like, oh, I'm going to create a national holiday. Nice. I do everything and then start building communities around people just writing their goals and like manifesting those things that you desire for yourself. Um, and I look back on it and it's like, that's part of where outside of continuous prayer and uh, some, some luck, some engaged plan, it's yeah, also putting it down a hundred percent, like on the paper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's about putting it down and it's about, it's about also, I feel like believing in yourself before anybody else can. And I think that, you know, outside of all these programs, because it's like, you check the box, you got the degrees, you have the programs, you're in the fraternity, you're in the internship, you're in another uh, program, you're going to the conference, but it's like, if you don't believe in yourself, then I think that, you know, all of that stuff is really the 10% to your 90% that you have to put yeah. in, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. And like you said, it's, that's putting in the work. It's taking a swing on yourself when you have an idea. Like I think about, and sometimes I make terrible uh, sports references, but sometimes I don't. And yeah. <laughs> I tell people, I'm like, most of the time, I'm just trying to get on base. Like I, in baseball, you're just trying to get on base. But yeah. then there's an idea or a thought that's like, oh, I got to swing here. And when I swing, I, I took a chance. Like I, either I'm going to knock it out the park or I'm going to miss. And I'm okay yeah. with missing. But I swung to because it was a great opportunity. And that's what it's about. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Definitely. So shout out to you, man. Kudos to you, you know. I mean, I don't even know if you remember where we met, but we met at a networking event. Um, I think it was in some type of it was in some type of like corporate building, but it was a social media event, I believe. And I think that the lady, oh. I can't remember, but she 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 wasn't she 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 wasn't that great. She shouldn't have been on that panel. Um, <laughs> outside of all that being said, so you're doing all this, you're pursuing your career, and at the same time, for those of you listening, Marcus also is creating the Culture Supplier, which is a media company. Um, organization that you're building. So you're doing all this simultaneously at the same time. So you also realize that too, right? <laughs> yeah, I, man, it's the balance. Like you, how many plates, right? Yeah. But, but tell the people at home about the culture supplier. Yeah, the culture supplier. Um, so while I was at NBC5, I think that I was exposed to how media was, how fast media moves and, net, and news. And I was like, okay, there's a space that I could create the same type of movement of content, but all positive content around. When you ever watch the news, unfortunately, like it's sometimes the feel good stories are at the end or they're Saturday. Most times it's like the hard hitting stuff. Um, and I realized at that time, I was like, okay, I want to put out positive content. I want to cover events. I want to send people in Atlanta, LA, Miami to events to cover things that are impacting our culture. And that's where the culture supplier came from. Um, and it's like, in my mind, I'm a supplier. I'm, I'm riding around with a basket. I'm, uh, you get this, you get like, yeah, you yeah get it's a good name. 
And um, it, it was the first piece of the business I built under 3030 Media, which is which is my media company um, and where I like do consulting out of and, and support uh, podcasts and influencers and talent and, um, and, and small brands and small businesses. But the blog and the cultural supplier started as that outlet. And I also use it as a tool to like give writers a chance, right? Like when you look at, and it's a level deeper, but like if you look at a concert, when it comes to the city, they off, they create the opportunity for people to do, um, be a photographer for the show. Yeah. Well, I knew dope photographers and they were like, we just don't have anywhere to submit our application. Oh, the culture, use the culture supplier. We're going to get, I can, I know how to get the post up. I can get it on social, all that. And I've still to this day, I still have two photographers. Her name is Mimi Creighton. She still to this day, if she may cover a show and tag the culture supplier and use that as her place, if if she's not getting picked up by a bigger brand. But that's what I wanted, right? Like I wanted you to be able to get into the room, you get into the room, use the culture supplier. So now you're in the pit and you can take photos and have that to your, your resume. Being able to add interns and people get that opportunity to add that to, um, when they have to do that for school. Like those are moments that I think about that really drove the impact and, and creating a positive platform. Um, and, and to this day, I still have the brand and continue to build it out. Um, and I use it more from a creative agency standpoint. And we're gonna yeah. see what's, it's something on the horizon, man. I oh, just... I knew it, I knew it. I thought we were gonna get an exclusive here, man. But anyway, that's all right. That's all right. Maybe... I got something for later. Okay, okay, we'll wait, we'll wait. <laughs> Well, listen, speaking of culture, I don't know if you can see behind me, but I've been reading this book by my great friend, Dr. Marcus Collins, and he has a book. It's called For the Culture. Have you had a chance to read it? I have not. I have oh, not. Okay. But I know I've seen it. I've seen it on LinkedIn and then yes. uh, I saw you post about it, too. So, um, yeah, I highly encourage it, man. Definitely. Um, I've read I've already read it twice. But if you had wow. to give a dose of anything for the culture or to the culture, what do you feel like the culture is lacking at the moment that you're like, we need a dose of this? Oh, when you put me on the spot. Now, you know, everybody knows that this question is coming up on the podcast. So crazy, but you know, I, that is true. <laughs> That's true. I do know that. And I feel I like think, everybody, I think with the, season the, six. <laughs> and it's season six, so I got to come with the heat. I think yeah. that the culture um, continues to, um, it's continued to grow. And I think that the people that are in the driver's seat right now are in a great position. Where What, what we need a dose of is we need a dose of a, the next level of being authentic to the, the, the ideas and letting them be letting them just be what they're supposed to be, not trying to shape them up to have KPIs tied to them or this um, corporate style to them. Let them be. If it's a dope idea, if it's really going to drive impact and drive the needle, it doesn't need the, the frills. Just give it to <laughs> the people how they want it, right? Like we are past that whole in 2019 or 2020, we have got, we're past the whole like putting a corporate um, lather or layer on top of it. Give it to people straight. Right. Yo, your influencers show you that, right? Like right. your medium, like it's no longer, we're no longer watching our uh, news networks in the way that we used to. No, we watch the people that run it and that they have their own content and they give it to you straight. Yeah. So let's follow the same thing. That's what the culture needs is to continue to be like, no, no frills, no, uh-uh straight to it um, like and that. that that's going to give the people in the driver's seat right now that opportunity to keep pushing forward because i think we do it right but i think it's the next level of, of that that is um that's the opportunity that's the the white space for us yeah it's almost like you're it's almost i i actually really love that marcus because it's also like you're not basically you're not putting culture or you're not putting these i which you which i'm i don't know if this is the best analogy because i i don't want people to get it messed up but you're you're it's almost like you're not putting it through a filter to a certain extent you know it's like you know when water when water goes through it you're cleaning the water but i think with culture and what you're talking about giving it to them straight is like you're saying no filter like just as it comes through from like the the very start starting point of that idea the moment that it's thought of that's exactly how the people that's are exactly that's where it is 
Now, of course, you gotta give it a little, but it's it's already ready for how people will respond. Yeah, yeah. and it that that's takes a risk. That it takes a risk, but that's what people want. That's what yeah. you desire. Um, and, and when I think about the culture, we desire. So let me, but then let me. So then let me dive a little deeper though, because this is like I, I see what you're saying, but. I mean, you know, from a org standpoint, from an institution standpoint, how how what is realistic to balancing that? Is it just yeah. you being, you know, accountable for making sure that you see that idea through? Because you with anything, you have a thousand people touching it. I agree with your dose 100 percent. And I wish that yeah. that was true. But the reality is we know that it's not, you know, yeah. I mean, you know that like it it. it a thousand people touch it, right? But I think you have to see it through in some kind of way. But it also, the the people that see it along the way, you may have to. I, I'm learning how to talk to each person along the way. It's less. Yeah, yeah. I can't just throw it and be like, "Well," and then I'm on to the next. No, <laughs> throw it and be like, "All right, hey, yo, um, let me. You see this idea? Like, think about it like this. Now, I know you gotta add something to it. Yeah. I know that." But just remember that here's the core of this idea. When you pass it on to so-and-so, so when it makes it to the culture, it makes it to the front eyes, it, computer, shelves, yeah. uh, wherever, whatever the product may be, because it's all product. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that came from a real, like, you gave people more work, but I mean, that's what it's going to take ultimately, right? Because even when yeah. you're trading those ideas, it should literally be a meeting that that's happening, like not over any email, like even if you're sharing it. So that may be 50 meetings that you have to have in order to pass that idea through each person, but you're there every step of the way. And so yeah. that's a huge insight. Yeah. And I think like I, I'm giving to you, right? I'm it's, from a, a thought of like when you when I thought about this question, like I know it sounds like a lot, but we're gonna it, there's a way to move that faster. But yeah. it's still like I don't I don't let ideas go now and I just walk away. No, I calling creative. You know, I'm calling yeah. my production team. You know, I'm calling client. Like, hey, yeah, <laughs> present that to you. Like, is that? <laughs> But you know, I think that that's that's caring for the authentic uh, the, the authentic work and the the dose of the culture that you're going to give them. Like, it's caring for it in a way that Absolutely. you know, like I care about it that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, listen, we'll take that. Well, yep. you know, by the time that people will hear this episode of the podcast, we'll either be in the thick of Black Music Month and or towards the end. But with that being said, if you were stranded on an island and you were only allowed to listen to the discography of three Black music artists, which three Black music artists would you choose? Oh, I do. <laughs> um we're gonna start with Lil Wayne. Whoa, okay. It's Wayne off and you know and that's I, cool, I, and, I'll, I'll include you can get the mixtapes too. So that's, that's yeah, okay. That's where I'm going. Like I have to have mixtape Wayne and the first one, two, three Carters, yeah. and then I'm okay. Like I'm good there. Okay. Uh Maze, Frankie Beverly is okay. is going to be my second sound uh discography. And I am probably going to go with, I'm probably going to just let it be some Badu vibes. Like, okay. and that's the Dallas in me. That's the, because I'm on an island, right? So I want to, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to stand in the sea and just bars. Like I'm just rapping to the whales, into the fish. And yeah. then Frankie is at night. I got the fire. I didn't cook the fish that I caught. And yeah. then I do is <laughs> when I go on a swim and I'm just laying out there and the sounds like she gonna allow me to push through. So yeah. uh, those are my three, my three artists, my black artists that uh, one first off transcended sound and they have in their own right, you know, had impact. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was actually just about to say that because I've been listening to the new Summer Walker EP and there's like maybe like two to three songs where I'm like, this sounds just like Erica Badu, which is so wild to think of because, you know, it's like during that moment in time or even when you think about Erica Badu, I'm like, I don't think nobody, which nobody still comes close to that. But when you talk about like sound transcending and people picking up influences, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. this is Erica Badu. 
Hey, I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I just finished. Um, Ari yeah, Lennox, I think Ari Lennox does it as well. Ari Lennox, they know how to, they do certain things that you know that they are giving a nod to her and they have grown up and listened to her sound like yeah. those. Um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna check out the Summer Walker joint. Here. Yeah, man, check it out. So listen, you know, I, I read your bio. I talked about your background. I talked about your five degrees, the thousand fellowships that you did, the 600 programs, um, yeah. which is all great stuff, honestly. But, um, you know, for my listeners that are just actually beginning in the industry, what advice do you have to give to them? And I know that that's such a tough question because everybody has their own road, you know, into this. I think about even a lot of people in our circle, such as uh, Wash Washington uh, yeah. or, you know, Craig, uh, you know, who also is your frat brother. I don't know if you know Craig Mitchell, um, yeah. but um, but yeah, what what advice would you give to a newcomer either wanting to enter the industry or, you know, kind of uh, create creating their own lane? Yeah, uh, I think the the key things that I would, let's say you wanted to be in this industry and you want to be in the advertising marketing industry. I definitely think it is tapping in into programs like an ad fellows or Marcus Graham or the four A's, or just really finding your way into those places that uh, cultivate um, and create spaces for you to try. Mm. Just try. They yeah. create spaces for you to just try. And there are other programs that, that do that as well. So I think that that's the key thing in looking for those opportunities. It used to be internships that were by the company, but to spend two or three months at one spot on one thing, I'm not winning. Like, I'm not going to, my mind's not going to be open. We're looking yeah. at this program. It's eight months. Marcus Graham, it takes place over four months. You create your own agency. You got to, I ain't even get in. I'm going to talk about <laughs> I ain't even get in. But you go create your own agency. You got happy hour. You got a position. You got to, like, all these moments. <laughs> Not that I didn't even get in. I keep on going, Marcus. Jeez. And um, so that's what I, I would look for those, too. Yeah. I would look for opportunities like that. But let's, then if you look Overall, like just in the industry, I think the biggest skill set, and it's not a skill set, it's a muscle, is your follow-up game got to be crazy. You meet a person, always close. Like I have all, I have in the last three months, I have shifted my mindset of like, oh, let's say I met you at a happy hour. Like, oh, it's nice to meet you. I used to be like, it's nice to meet you. And sometimes I would get your contact. And then sometimes like, oh, that was cool contact. And I just did. Not anymore. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. If I meet you, Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's the best way for us to communicate after this? Like, even if it's just an email, I just want to make sure I follow up with you. Oh, I like LinkedIn or email or whatever, or Instagram. Cool. I'm I'm getting your contact and I'm going to follow up the next day, follow up the next morning, afternoon. Make sure you remember me. Yeah. I come, and I don't want anything today, but I want you to know that you have a valuable asset that I, you have added to your your Rolodex, which is me and your valuable asset to me. So it's like your follow-up game is my biggest recommendation. It's, and it's okay to, to, to hit people up and have questions for them. And I think that like we get, we think that that's not a way to go about connecting with people. It's like just sending them an email or connecting. So, um, and also like when you find your friends that are creative too, Go sit in a room and let's, hey, what I who everybody put out idea right here on this table. And we yeah. about to like take one and try one, right? Like if you we sit in a room, you're like, I want to do an art exhibit. This is what I want to do. All right, bet. Well, I know experiential and I know how to get people to a spot because I got a crazy list. Mm -hmm. You handle that. We get a flyer, we promote it. I gotta like so you can test out your thought process and ideas. Yeah. That that's what I would recommend to someone, especially if you in when I say creative, you don't have to be like a designer, a graphic designer. You may just be good at coming up with ideas and you need a squad around you. Start mm -hmm. putting your friends in a room and y'all try it because you got to do that outside of your nine to five anyway to yeah. to build on your nine to five, like whatever the job you, career you want. I absolutely agree. One hundred percent. You know, how long have you been in New York now? uh it's closing in on six years do you consider yourself a new yorker i consider myself a welcome new yorker 
I um what's the sensitivity around this? I what I'm realizing I, is that I feel like people that move to New York want there's like they they either yearn to be a new New Yorker or they can't call themselves a New Yorker. So what's the yeah, because like if somebody missing here. Because if somebody say where where are you from, they're going to be like, I'm going to say Dallas, like oh originally from Dallas, but I stay in Bed Stuy, and then they're going to ask for how long, and I'm like oh about I've been in Brooklyn for like five and a half, close to six years. Okay, and in their mind, they know that I know enough to hold my own here, but it's still like I have no roots here in their eyes, so I never be like oh yeah. I'm a New Yorker. No, I'm a welcome New Yorker. Like you're welcome New Yorker. Okay. If you see me, you know I got a couple fitteds. I got a pair of Tims. I can go to the bodega. I know it, like there. I have the things, but when it's time for people to hang out and like go on the block and do all those kind of like summertime things, it's still like an outsider perspective. Oh man, no, don't, like, say that. don't say that, Mark. Yeah, but but it is. It's different, right? Like it's, but that's part of it, you know. Yeah. Do you miss yeah. Dallas? Uh, a lot, man. I, I, you know, that's home for me. It's, um, it, it's everything that I know. Like when I get, I come home, and it, it's actually changed a lot. But uh, when I come home and visit my parents, and you know, get in my 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 car that I left at home, you know, from college or whatever, I still have those memories. But um, you still got that white car, man. Chill, you trying to blast me? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah, still me, Chevy Impala. Nice, nice. You know I mean? like, Listen, people don't, people, people forget my mind is just. Your mind is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, yeah, man, I think that it's great. Um, Because the reason why I bring that up is that I think that so many, some people are still intimidated to really kind of make that jump. And, you know, you can still, you can still keep the roots of your home and where you're from while still living somewhere else. So um, that's amazing. And while also still being open to maybe you may move, you know, again, life is very lengthy, very long, and um, you definitely, you know, owe that to yourself. But it's nice to see you still have your your roots and your foundation, you know, still in Dallas while still killing the game in New York, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that um, it's it's been a blessing. And uh, you, when I come to Texas and visit family and, I still have to put my Southern hospitality charm, like it's still in me. And mm -hmm. I use it here in New York as well. And it, you know, it's, that's who I am. Uh, but at the same time, I'm a welcome New Yorker. So uh, there's right. certain things that I do and my parents are like, I can do that. Uh, you know, I'm a little loud sometimes. It's a oh, year yeah. out of nowhere, like <laughs> a year, what is that? So, uh, <laughs> but that's part of it, you know? I love that. Well, there you go. Um, now let's dive more into it. I know that we are kind of going all around, but I mean, we have a lot to cover here. You have such a rich background with the events that you covered, uh, with your, um, with your consulting company, did you attend all those events or did you just, um, cover them? Sometimes I would attend. And then sometimes I would, um, again, submit the media application and then hire somebody in that city to cover it for me. So let's talk about Astro World. Yeah, I was there at Astroworld uh, 2019. Uh, yeah, 2019. So again, uh, just had the opportunity to to come to Astroworld, to be in Houston. Um, and then there were some, actually some friends that were already shooting the, um, capturing the event. So I was like, hey, you know, can you cut a couple of photos for me and a couple of video clips? Let's do a video based on uh, people experience at Astroworld. Mm -hmm. um, Looking back, I wish I would have took it a level deeper and found an influencer in Houston and like put imagine putting a camera on their shoulder and let them be a part of the experience. And that's my vision now when I ever whenever I want to get back into that space of like capturing events from that standpoint, I'm going to take the first person POV. Like it's oh, never the be same one where the lives were lost. No. Yeah. Okay. No, that's 2021. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Right. So, at, so, yeah. so at the one that you went to, though, did you see it kind of escalating to where there's this huge fandom around? It, um, man, he has crazy rabbit fans, and it's not even it's it's Houston. It's the it's the space that it's in 
that this one was in. And then it's the day long of the festival. And then by the time he comes out, it's nighttime, it's lit. Yeah. Like, you have no, but when he, he, and he has the power to, his music makes you kind of like get excited. Yeah. And you go crazy, but I'm different. So I'm like, standing <laughs> <laughs> the VIP, like where was <laughs> But you know, I, I look back at that time and it's like, uh, and I saw Pharrell, I saw Don Tolliver, I saw Meg Thee Stallion, um, uh, who else, Key Glock. So a lot of the artists right at their definitely turn of um, visibility. So um, yeah, like he has that, he has that power, man. He has that capacity where people just, the music is turned. I, I still, I, I like it, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that 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 one could go right or left. I was just very, very curious, I think, about that and um, particularly like the fandom around it, because with so many different projects that you've worked on, I think that celebrity has been included. How mm -hmm. important do you think fandom plays a role through like marketing communications and driving a message? I think it helps uh, tremendously in driving a message. And it's even better if that uh, celebrity has a, a natural um, tie to the brand in some kind of way. Uh, when you look at some of the collaborations that um, our agency has worked on and as well as that I've been a part of, it's you realize that these artists have their fandom started at a place where the phone and social and all these things were kind of like the centerpiece of it all. If you look at a Wiz Khalifa, we have not worked with Wiz, but if you look at Wiz Khalifa, he's the one of the first artists that vlogs, uh, Soldier Boy says he is, but Wiz, Wiz is like the first one that vlogs. So his YouTube is in crazy and they all are in, they all start from this common place of just the phone. So their ability to network and put put it out to their network moves a lot. I think um, it helps move the needle. You yeah. see, like in some brands, it works for them, and some it doesn't. I think that um, it really matters when that artist has a natural tie there, and they just they show up regardless, right? No matter what their contract says, they want to be uh, a part of that program. I love it. I love it. Oh man, so much, so many rich things. I think to just go off of here. Um, my question to you is what's next only because in a, in a respectful way, it does feel like you're on autopilot, which is a good thing, right? Because it's like, I feel like you have achieved everything that you put out for yourself. You're good. Um, and it's okay to be comfortable. I'm not calling you comfortable if that's what you are, but what yeah. is next? Is there anything that you can share of like what you are working on? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, where I am right now is, well, first off, I just completed my master's program. So I was been yes, doing of course you did. Congratulations. Since 2021, uh, the University of Alabama roll tide. <clears throat> there uh, you go. There. Absolutely. Congratulations. I apologize for not mentioning that. That I can't keep up with you, man. Yeah. And also at the same time, I love that. He's like, well, uh, do I actually just got done with a whole a whole <laughs> curriculum? A whole, yeah. <laughs> Actually, a whole thing, right? A whole thing. <laughs> a whole thing. And, um, but no, in all seriousness, like, I've also, I'm at a place, even during that time, like, I was coming up with a couple ideas that yeah. I think. What made you do the master's program? What made me do the master's program? A couple things. One, my mentor supported me in going back to school. Okay. Uh, they were giving away scholarships during the pandemic. Mm-hmm offering hey especially minorities yeah oh let's go why not and the job was going to pay you know do some tuition reimbursement let's go yeah. right I think um th that goes back to what I said earlier about safety net movements that's a book in itself but like it <laughs> that's good actually it, it I did that but there were a lot of plays that yeah. I said I wasn't going to take the test and GRE. Ain't doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the work right here to show you that I can get into this program and yeah. understand. There's going to be some learning curves of learning the blackboard and the testing and you know studying again. That's okay. That, but also the program with 
um, Alabama, I knew that one, brand recognition, two, the number of um, minorities from across the world. Like my classes were based in India. Like there were classes that focused on uh, international marketing. So we would do classes on India um, on their time zone. So I'm up super late working with people like, and then what's crazy from that moment is that every time, I don't know if this is, I'll say it. I, like there are times that I get in a car and my driver is from the, that country. Yeah. Um, I'll have a conversation. I'm able to like recall and just ask about just natural things. Hey, where are you from? Oh, I study in a class about this area, this area, like in understanding what was I learning? Was it true? Yeah. And I think like those little moments like that made the program worth it. And, um, and also in the future and probably, and this is part of like, what's next. It's like, I would like to be teaching in the fall, this upcoming fall, and to be oh, a guest okay. lecturer, and um, you know, just be able to take take this knowledge from this day to day nine to five advertising space, and be like, "Yo, let's go talk to these the kids at the community college or their juniors at a you know at a university, and, and put them on game on how the advertising space is going." Um, so that's why I did it. Okay. Like, no, it's, it's time to get it. Like it's no, <laughs> no I mean, honestly, no, no, no. Listen, I mean, I, I get it. I, I, I was curious. Um, yeah. I mean, that's why that that was one of the other reasons why I even pursued my MFA is yeah. because I knew that I would be teaching, you know, one day, and that one day I do want to teach. You know, like yeah. it's going to be a time to where I'm, I, I'm never going to stop having ideas, but I am yeah. going to stop being like. Okay, I think I've reached my, you know, my peak. By no means am I there yet to <laughs> anybody listening. Trust me, I am. Knows you are not there. I know. I am. I am road, road to CMO. Everybody knows that. I make that publicly clear. But, um, but you know, in the meantime, it's like being able to have that degree. Um, there's other things that I could do. But it, I'm, I appreciate you bringing that up because, I mean, education has been looked at a little differently, I think, since the pandemic. I mean, a lot of students aren't getting the same experience that, you know, you probably once got at UNT. Um, But I think that, you know, everybody's really contemplating, do I go to college? Do I not? Do I go to university? Like, what do I do? And I think it takes these kind of conversations for people to really understand, you know, some of the limitations um, or the more work that you may just have to put in, you know? Yeah. That is true. And I think like, um, I, I I feel when I think about the next few years and what I'm doing, that is a part of it, like being able to support the education system and just encourage black men, especially minority men, like, yo, keep, just keep going. Like there's all these levels that I went through just to get here. So don't stop. You know, even if you work, I worked at FedEx. I worked at, you know, at the local spots to do, to put that money and, and, and put things together there. What um, makes you say especially Black men? Um, because we think that the only way to get to the six and six figures is we got to have a ball in our hand. What? No. No. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you ain't got to tell, you ain't got to tell me. Nothing to do, you ain't got to tell me. I, you know, like, you don't have to do that. And yeah. there is opportunities out here. If it's an advertising marketing, you can still be around a sports space. One of my first gigs was like working in sports sponsorships for Verizon. And I just travel around to NFL teams and major league soccer teams. And I would talk to the players and Yo, you can do that and still be around the ball that brought you this thus far to wherever you are, you know? That's a and, good point. I didn't, it, it actually makes me think like, are we, even as a black man, am I, are we sometimes too much in a bubble that we forget that that narrative is still, you know, lingering, which is why I like, I asked because yeah. I would hope that it's been expanded by now, but maybe, but I it's, certainly do think in certain areas, it's still very topical. It's topical, but here's the thing. It's expanded, but they still believe that you get, you take the ball and then you go do all the other stuff. You look at a Carmelo who retired today. I know this will probably come out later, but he retired today. No, but... it's no. 
Oh. Trust me, and you're also not the first guest to drop it. So everybody's been talking about Carmelo's yeah retirement. <laughs> yeah, and but or or Kevin Durant, like you look at him and he has things under it, but it's still the, the conversation of I gotta play to do this, where you really could play and do this, and it'll, it's gonna come to you. It's gonna just turn the opposite way. So, um, but to me, you said you were gonna be a CMO, but you're gonna look across to the right and you're gonna see me and as a chief experience officer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll see, see you. I'll see you at the top. Listen. You see me at the top, but that's where I'm at, right? Like focusing on um, that role of experience, uh, brand experience, focusing on, uh, focusing on experiential uh, brand sponsorships and partnerships, really like merging those spaces and making sure they're done correctly. Like we, we're going to do dope work. We're going to be, I want brands to show up in the music space, the gaming um, environment, tech. Let's not be afraid of it. Let's embrace it because the next generation, that's all they know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's part of my lifestyle. So I, I want to be able to lead the the brands that are across the, the finish line there. Yeah. And you certainly have. Listen, man, this is long overdue. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, it took you long enough to get here, but I think it was the right time for you to get here. So It was the right time. It was the right time. A hundred percent. I do. I appreciate it. Um, and I, I also want to use this time to say that uh, I'm working on a book and um, you'll be part of the first people that get to read it. And um, so I'm excited there. But I thank you again for just the opportunity to be here, man. Yeah, man, 100. And um, I can't wait to read that book. You're more than welcome to come back, uh, you know, once it is out there in the streets. And um, I know that that's one of the most therapeutic, uh, I think, processes like ever. It's a little frustrating, but it's, it's frustrating. It's, it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's helped to get, you know, it helps to get those ideas down. So we'll look out for that. And thank you once again for joining us. And thank you all of my listeners at home for tuning in. Please stay safe, drink a ton of water, and remember that you deserve a dose of Black joy and caffeine. Until next time, I'm Adu. Take care.